0: As he's coming forward, I'm going to pray for him. Father God, we seek the answers to these questions. They're the most important questions in life. And you have the answers, Lord. You said you're the way, the truth, and the life. And so we ask that by your Spirit you would empower Mike this morning to teach us from your Word and that we would be good hearers and good doers of the Word, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. I wasn't anxious until he mentioned the word anxious in his prayer. It's been kind of a scary week. I've been working on this sermon all week, and I'm relaxed. And I don't know if that's dangerous or not. You'll have to judge for yourselves. I wanted to set this up, to tee this up, by looking at some scripture this morning. And in fact, our post mortem video is an excellent lead in, but I don't want to go there yet. But if you looked at this sermon, you might see three time capsules one in the garden. One in the life of Christ, and a group called the Sadducees, and then our lives. And we'll talk about that as we, as we get there. So I want to tee it up, if you will, by looking at a passage out of Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat, from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes, And the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from it fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Interesting transition there. She first heard the father of lies. And her heart changed she began to believe what he had to say as opposed to what God had to say. John chapter 8 verse 44 says this. You are of your father the devil and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and a father of lies. And so he's been at this from the beginning. And we find him at work in our text in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 18 through 27. And I want to share that with you, and then we're going to unpackage that. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and began questioning him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves behind a wife and leaves no child... His brother should marry the wife and raise up children to his brother. There were seven brothers, and the first took a wife and died leaving no children. The second one married her and died leaving behind no children, and the third likewise. And so all seven left no children. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, when they rise again, which one's wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are mistaken, that you do not understand the Scriptures or the power of God? For when they rise from the dead They neither marry nor are given in marriage But are like angels in heaven But regarding the fact that the dead rise again Have you not read in the book of Moses In the passage about the burning bush How God spoke to him saying I am the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the living. You are greatly mistaken. So let's talk about this group of Sadducees. Who were they? a religious and political sect that was largely, largely made up of wealthy, conservative aristocrats, many of them priests. I find it interesting that they were conservative. Certainly not in their beliefs. They held high offices in the temple. And with that, a great deal of influence in the nation they objected to unwritten traditions because they preferred to have the freedom to interpret the scriptures as they wished that is a dangerous place brothers and sisters that is a dangerous place They denied any resurrection of the dead. In Acts chapter 23, verse 8, we find this. They don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, nor do they believe in angels. They denied the immortality of the soul. They denied the rewards in the life to come. And that's on both sides of the equation, right? There's a reward for sin. And there's a reward for righteousness. They were elitists who wanted to maintain the priestly caste. They were liberal in that they wanted to incorporate Hellenism into their lives. And if you want to understand Hellenism, all you have to do is be a polytheist. Because the Greeks were polytheists. They had at least 12 gods. They insisted on the literal interpretation of the written law. Now this is just absolutely crazy. Because what does Jesus say to them? You don't understand the scriptures and they rejected the oral traditions and they held on to the first five books of the Bible but yet they did not understand them their main focus of their lives was on rituals associated with the temple and today we find much of the same Rituals in church, going through the motions, behaving a certain way. The Sadducees also served as part of the Great Sanhedrin, this court of 71. with the responsibility of interpreting civil and religious laws. They collected taxes, equipped and led the army. They regulated relations with the Romans. And then we find that with the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., they disappear, And any writings about them, from them, Have disappeared. In fact, all we know about them is what was written by the Pharisees, their opponents. But this is who they were. And these were the men that were confronting Jesus with regard to the issue of marriage and the resurrection. And he responds to them by saying, You do not know the scriptures. But they held on to the first five books. And rejected the oral traditions. They rejected the prophets. So let's take a look at the first five books. In Exodus 3 6, he said, Also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Not I was. Not I was, I am. That's always accurate and present. What's the point here? In Moses' time, the patriarchs were still alive, not physically, but they were with God. They were then and they are now. <clears throat> and for them there will be a resurrection of the body. And they will share an eternal life. Deuteronomy 18.18 18, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. Talking to Moses. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. The Sadducees were already sold out to the life they lived, not to the promises of God. Should they have been looking? And the answer is yes. But they weren't. Because they were satisfied with what they understood of God and what they believed, even though what they believed was a lie. Much of it. Numbers twenty four seventeen. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of the people of Sheth. And even though Daniel is not in the first five books, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. That all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So the Sadducees did not understand the scriptures. But Jesus goes on far further to say that they do not understand the power of God. Genesis 17, 1. There is evidence of God's unlimited power in one of his names, El Shaddai, meaning I am God Almighty. In Genesis 1, 31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. God Almighty, God Creator, by the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken for your dust, and to dust you shall return. He is the God of life and the God of death. Adam was made to live. God's design was that he would not die. And now he does. From dust you are taken and dust you shall return. God Almighty. Genesis 9.22 While the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall never cease. God Almighty He sets the seasons in their place. And these are passages in those first five books. How could the Sadducees have missed Deuteronomy 20 and 3. He, priest, the priests, shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you not only is he God almighty not only does he control the seasons not only does he establish life and death but he is with us with us How could the Sadducees have missed God's Word? Even holding on to the first five books, how could they have missed understanding the Scriptures and understanding the power of God? They question him on the issue of marriage, and they bring into the context Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 and 6 where it requires a brother to marry a brother's wife. Let's read the text. 25, 5, and 6. When brothers live together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the deceased shall not be married outside the family to a strange man. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her to himself as wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. It shall be that the firstborn whom she bears shall assume the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. The purpose of the law was to protect the widow and guarantee the continuance of the family line. Marriage was designed by God for companionship and for perpetuation of the human race on earth. Jesus was emphasizing the fact that in heaven there will be no exclusive or sexual relations. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'll tell you about it when I get there. I want... to recognize my dad and one day my mom and my grandparents and for many of you that have lost spouses I'm sure that's true too anxious excited to see them to assume a relationship that we had here knowing that the relationship is going to be different. And we're perplexed by that. But here's what I think we can hold on to. I think God gives us marriage here because we are needy. We are needy. And as I think about that and I think about heaven, all my needs in Christ will be met. Did you hear that? All our needs will be met in Christ. And the relationship that we have with Him will eclipse everything we know here. Believers will experience an entirely new existence in which they will have perfect spiritual relationships with everyone else. In Hebrew weddings, they always consisted of three phases. There was a betrothal phase, and oftentimes children were betrothed to their spouses when they were children. Families came to an agreement. This son for this daughter. This daughter for that son. And then there was a great celebration in the presentation. Festivals that often occurred for days before the ceremony. And then finally, the marriage ceremony itself and the exchange of vows. And it's not unlike that today with regard to our understanding of how marriage in heaven will be. Because there is a marriage in heaven, but it's just one. One. It's just one, the bride of Christ with a bridegroom, and that is our Lord. Let's take a look at Ephesians 1.4 with regard to the subject of marriage in heaven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. That we would be holy and blameless before him. Betrothal. Betrothal. When did God decide that you would be part of the bride of Christ? before the foundations of the world. John 14, verses 1 through 3. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you... To myself that where I am there you may be also when Christ comes again and the church is raptured there will be a presentation not yet complete because the final presentation doesn't occur until the very end First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve and do the rest, who ha- and like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There is a betrothal, and there is a presentation, and there is a ceremony. Let's look at Revelations 21, verse 2. and i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god made ready as a bride adorned for her husband and then again revelation 19:7 let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready So what were the Sadducees mistaken about? They were mistaken about Scripture. They were mistaken about the power of God. They were mistaken about the consequences of sin and forgiveness. They were mistaken about marriage in heaven. They were mistaken about the person of Jesus They were mistaken with regard to God's relationship with us. They were mistaken about the resurrection. And they were mistaken regarding judgment. And here they are, leaders of the nation of Israel. Priests. priests how significant and how tragic they offered no hope for the people no hope how serious was their mistake he corrected my spelling thank you Jeremiah 2.8 says this the priests did not say where is the Lord and those who handle the law did not know me the rulers also transgressed against me and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that did not profit. Luke chapter 9 verse 25 For what is a for what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself And then in Hebrews 4.2, For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So in this capsule that I talked about with regard to the beginning Eve heard the lies and she believed them and she acted on them and the Sadducees held positions in the temple and many of the people believed them And yet Jesus says they did not know the Scriptures and did not understand the power of God. It is extremely important that we check Scripture against what we're taught. And to every person that's here this morning, You cannot be lazy. You cannot be lazy about this. If Pastor Andy said it, check it. If Pastor Brent said it, check it. If your Sunday school teachers say it, check it. You cannot be lazy. You cannot be lazy in handling God's Word. So my question this morning is, what about you? And what about me? When we're lazy about the Word of God, We can be lazy about obedience. And we can continue to live in sin. It's not enough to come on Sunday and hear the Scriptures taught. You have to read them. You have to search them. You have to seek to understand them. How did the Sadducees get where they were? I think they quit praying. I think they quit reading. And they were satisfied with the function of what they were doing. And as a consequence of that, they became deaf to what God would say to each of them. To each of them. And we do the same. Is your salvation dependent upon what Brent says or what Andy says or what I say? I hope not. So my question this morning might be, what are you mistaken about? What are you mistaken about? Oftentimes our lives, Monday through Saturday, are inconsistent with what we're taught on Sunday. And what we hear. Well, we let it to. We refuse to let it move from here to here. Why is the church ineffective today? And when I say that, I'm talking about us, not talking about him. Is it because we refuse to believe what we read and what we hear such that it affects what we do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? All of us want to hold on to the lives we have and not surrender and change. Eve did not want to hold on to the Word of God. And she sinned. The Sadducees did not want to hold on to the Word of God to the point that they couldn't even recognize Jesus. And sometimes we refuse to change in who we are because we want to believe what we want to believe about our sin and about who we are. And we refuse to read. And we refuse to pray. And we refuse to seek forgiveness. And we refuse to forgive. And we become mistaken about who God is and what He requires of us as a people. And so we have our own time capsule. And in many respects, look like the Sadducees. There are some things I believe, there are other things I reject. I choose not to read, I choose not to study. And I am mistaken. God has called us into relationship with himself. And that begins with reading his word and letting him speak to us. And spending much time in prayer. my request this morning of you is this. Reflect on your life. Reflect on your relationship with who He is. Come to know Him better than where you are. He's called us into a great relationship. and You never know Him if you don't read Him. He hears your prayers. We read in Deuteronomy that He is with us. He wants to reveal Himself to you right where you are and right where you're at. I don't know how any of us could be satisfied with our relationship with Him where we are. Because he offers so much more to us. If we just say yes. If we just say yes. So it doesn't really matter as a church who we have as a pastor and great expositor of the word if we do nothing with it. And we deceive ourselves. So my challenge this morning is to think about where you are in your relationship with him. And the good news is, because he loves us, he never, ever gives up. And his mercies are new every morning. And we can always begin anew. And afresh with Him. Make the Word of God part of who you are. Every day. Every day. How sad it would be for us to miss Jesus like the Sadducees. Priests in the temple. And yet they did not know Him. I want to know Him more. And I hope you do too. So pray with me this prayer if you will. And then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning, forgive me, Lord. For not knowing you like I should. Forgive me, Lord, for being lazy with your word. Forgive me, Lord, for ignoring you. For not praying forgive me Lord for being dishonest in my prayers for not bringing everything before you thank you Lord that you see who I am thank you Lord that you know my heart thank you Lord for your tender mercies Thank you, Lord, for the grace that is mine in Christ. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to know you more fully. Lord, give me a passion. And a need, Lord, for your word. Help me, Lord, to make change in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your love and for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.